Hello and welcome to the Holiday Inn Stratford-upon-Avon. I'm Susan Spence. Thank you for downloading the Stratford-upon-Avon Destination Guide podcast. Before we start to explore the town, let me tell you how you can receive up to 35% off your next weekend stay here or at any of our other Holiday Inn properties. All you have to do is visit our website, ihg.com forward slash podcast. That's ihg.com forward slash podcast for all the details. Set in the beautiful Warwickshire countryside on the banks of the River Avon, Stratford-upon-Avon is one of the most visited tourist destinations in the UK. It's the birthplace of William Shakespeare, and that, of course, is an attraction all of its own, with the many Shakespeare properties, including Anne Hathaway's cottage, there for you to explore. But Stratford is also a great place to experience oldie England. It's steeped in culture and history, and a short walk around the town will give you a real sense of what life was like back in Shakespeare's day. It's also the home of the world-famous Royal Shakespeare Company. A visit to Stratford wouldn't be complete without watching one of the Bard's plays in his own hometown. And then you can reflect upon your day in one of the many excellent bars and restaurants. Stratford-upon-Avon is the perfect place to step back in time. Well, I've arrived here at the Holiday Inn Stratford-upon-Avon. Today I travel by car, a very pleasant journey up the M40 and quite easy to reach the hotel once you leave the motorway. All you have to do is follow the signs for Stratford Town Centre. I parked in the hotel car park, plenty of spaces to be had, so no problem there. And I'm now with Mark, who's the head concierge here at the hotel. Uh, Mark, perfectly located for all types of transport. Yes, we are. Uh, The hotel is situated in the heart of England. We're surrounded by the major motorway system. As you said, the M40 is only four miles away, and the M5 north and south both converge not too far from the hotel. The major airport, Birmingham Airport, situates approximately 30 minutes from us uh, with a taxi link and also there's a railway link. Uh, the major railways come from London and from the north and Birmingham is an easy 50 minutes train journey away. And the hotel itself, only two minutes walk from the town centre, so perfect if you want to go sightseeing. Yes, it is. We're one of the major hotels in the, in the area and the hotel is perfectly situated for the town centre, being situated right on the River Avon uh, with lovely views across the Avon and towards the town centre and towards the theatre. Now at the moment you and I are sat in the terrace bar enjoying a coffee and overlooking some really pleasant views right across the river and this was the view that greeted me this morning when I popped down for breakfast to the Riverside Restaurant. Yes, the Riverside Restaurant is a wonderful location with lovely gardens leading down to the historic River Avon. The restaurant is open for breakfast and dinner. The dinner is a carvery restaurant, has succulent meats, fish and vegetarian options. We offer a children's menu. And on Sundays, we have a full Sunday lunch menu, which is very popular with locals and residents alike. And here we are in the Terrace Lounge. We offer a full range of coffees and teas. We have snacks, lunch and dinner menus. The Terrace Lounge leads out into the gardens, which is a perfect place for the children to have a bit of a run around. And also for the parents to sit down and enjoy a glass of wine in the evening. From the gardens, you can come to the Club Motivation, which is our health club. In the club, there's a swimming pool, sauna, solarium, fully fitted gymnasium. And you can pamper yourself with aromatherapy, massage, pedicures and manicures. Yeah, I've noticed around the hotel quite a few kiddies. This is obviously a good place to bring the family. Yeah, the things I mentioned about the children in the restaurants, we also have a children's play area, which is situated next to our health club. 
The bedrooms, we have the family rooms, we have connecting bedrooms for the older children, and also our bedrooms in the corner of the hotel offer a privacy for the parents with an alcove. We have a number of accessible bedrooms in the hotel. Uh, these are easily accessible from the, from the lifts, which go down to the ground floor, which is on one level. All the hotel facilities, restaurants, bars, etc., are situated on the same level, which leads into our car park. We have a number of designated car parking spaces, and as with all the car parking in the hotel, there is a one-off minimal fee for your whole stay. And one of the unique things about staying here is the fact that the riverboat cruise goes right from the bottom of the hotel gardens, and that's fully accessible too. Yes, just down the walkway on the rivers, the river cruise, it lasts for 45 minutes, it goes downstream, past the theatre, you can see the church where Shakespeare is buried, and it turns round, it comes upstream underneath the historic bridges and down the Avon, and it returns you right back at the hotel gardens. Well, Mark, thank you very much for showing me around the hotel. Uh, Before I let you go, can I ask you just one thing? As someone who's lived all his life here, what's your favourite thing about Stratford-upon-Avon? My favourite thing? Well, you can be in the historic centre of Stratford and within five minutes you can be down by the river enjoying a nice quiet walk and within five minutes you can be driving out into the Cotswolds and the beautiful countryside. Well, now that I've looked around the hotel, I'm ready to explore Stratford-upon-Avon and I have my own tourist guide for the afternoon. She's Helen Hogg from Stratford Town Walk. Helen, thank you very much for showing me around. Before we get going and start our walking tour, how about just giving us a little bit of history of the town? Yes, where we are now in the centre of Stratford really started to grow and develop in 1196 and two major things happened. The town belonged to the Bishop of Worcester. He was like the Lord of the Manor. And he applied to King Richard I to gain a market charter. So Stratford became a market town. And at the same time, the road system was laid out and designed on what is known as a medieval grid system. So all the roads run vertically or parallel to the river. Very easy for us to find our way around. Now, Stratford, of course, is best known for its associations with William Shakespeare. So we've decided today to start our guided tour standing outside of Shakespeare's birthplace. Now, this is where it all began. Yes, this is the house where William Shakespeare was born, as far as we know, on the 23rd of April in 1564. But I have to say there's no proof of that. There's only proof of his baptism, which took place three days later, on the 26th of April, 1564. He lived in this house with his family. He was one of eight children. His mother was called Mary Arden and his father was called John Shakespeare. And if you go into the house, you'll be able to see a glove maker's workshop and see things like gloves, bags, belts, purses, sword holders, the sort of things that John Shakespeare would have made using the sort of leathers and skins that he would have used. It's quite a wealthy house. A lot of people are surprised. Inside, there are wall hangings, painted cloths, but it was a way of them brightening up their home or displaying their wealth. And in the best room downstairs, there is a bed, the best bed in the house. Interestingly, William Shakespeare, when he died, left the second best bed to his wife. And there is a reason why that is. I'll tell you later. But it's a lovely house to visit. The garden is superb as well. All the flowers, plants, trees and shrubs mentioned in Shakespeare's plays. And before you go into the house, there's a very nice exhibition that promotes William Shakespeare, his life and his family, and a little bit about him going off to London. I think one of the things that struck me is that I took a short walk from the Holiday Inn, about five minutes, uh, down to Henley Street, and all of a sudden, here it is, right bang in the middle of the street. You just don't really expect it to be there because it, it is very impressive. 
It is. It's quite a large building that we see today. What we're looking at is based on a drawing from 1769, which was when the very first Shakespeare Festival took place. And there is actually more than one house here. The building to the right, as we're looking at it, was John Shakespeare's business premises, and the building to the left was the family home. So if you look at it in sort of two stages, it's quite a bit smaller than the thing we're looking at today. Well, we've now left Shakespeare's birthplace. We've walked up to the top of Henley Street. And now we're right at a roundabout, a very busy roundabout. It looks a bit of a crossroads with uh, different roads going off here, there and everywhere. Has it always been this busy? Well, it has. And traditionally, the street in front of us, Bridge Street, which leads to the main road bridge over the River Avon, has always been the way in to Stratford from the south of the town. The street that we see, Bridge Street, at one time had a row of buildings down the centre with a small road either side. And the street itself led to the bridge. Thinking of the name of our town, Stratford-upon-Avon, Strat means street, and in front of us is the old Roman street. Ford means river crossing and Avon means river, so it was the street to the ford on the river. One thing to notice is that walking up Henley Street, there are lots of little tea shops and independent shops, but here on Bridge Street in particular, these are full of um, real high street names. Yes, all the regular chain shops are here and close to Christmas, the whole street, Bridge Street, is closed off to traffic. It looks fantastic with Christmas markets. You can buy all sorts of things if you want to. And the street is closed off. We have entertainment. There could be pig roasts and carol singing and it's all very festive and the Christmas lights are beautiful as well. Now, William Shakespeare himself spent all his time here in Stratford-upon-Avon. He had his own family here. In fact, he had three children. And as we're going along our tour today, we will, of course, stop and speak about some of the properties uh, that are associated with them. Tell us a little bit about his three children. Yes, his eldest daughter was called Susanna, and she came along about six months after the wedding. So I think we know why they got married. And then, two years later, they had twins, a boy called Hamnet and a girl called Judith. And Judith lived at the building that we can see from here, at the top of Bridge Street, on the right on the corner, is Crabtree and Evelyn. And Judith lived there with her husband, who was called Thomas Quiney. He was a wine merchant. Unfortunately, I think he drank a lot of the profits, so the match wouldn't have gone down very well with William Shakespeare. And shortly after their wedding, he changed his will. Well, the route that we're taking this afternoon, we're taking the route that William Shakespeare may have taken uh, on a Sunday as he walked to church. So we're standing at the roundabout now, and we're about to turn right and head down High Street. So we're now right on the corner of High Street and Sheep Street and this is an ideal place to take a a seat for a moment on one of these benches and look around at some of the architecture in Stratford. We're really lucky that we've got a blend of the old-fashioned buildings and the more modern. Now looking directly ahead of us as we sit on this bench you can see a yellow stone building in front of us and that's the Town Hall that dates back to about 1767. Interestingly on the top of the building in an alcove is a statue of William Shakespeare. Who else? The statue was given to us by a famous actor called David Garrick and he presented the statue to the town at the very first Shakespeare Festival in 1769. Just to our right is an orange building in the centre of the road, one of my favourites, high Victorian Gothic architecture, terracotta stone. And above the archways all the way round are friezes depicting Shakespeare's plays. The one above the doorway is from the Merchant of Venice, which is quite appropriate for a bank. And to the right again we have a lovely timber frame building that dates back to about the 1500s, late 1500s or early 1600s. Difficult to be precise because of the fires that we experienced in Stratford in the late 1500s, early 16. Thatched roofs and timber, not a good mix. To the right again, we have a sweet little building 
which is very, very attractively timbered, and it's called the Garrick Inn, named after David Garrick, the famous actor, dating back to 1595. And it's also where the plague first started here in Stratford. To the right again is a smaller building, also very decorative. It's called Harvard House, showing the American flag. And it's owned by Harvard University in America and run and maintained by the Birthplace Trust. But when it's open, it has the most wonderful exhibition of English pewter. When we see these very decorative timberings, we've got to remember that the colours that they would have been many years ago were quite different to what we see today. They would have been pink, yellow, orange or red. It was only when the Victorians came to the town that they painted everything black and white in an effort to smarten up the town. Yeah, I mean, it's really so interesting when you actually stop to take the time to look at the buildings. Now, as you said, we're on the corner of High Street and Sheep Street and I have to confess, Sheep Street is a little street I know quite well because it's full of some nice little eating places. I have sampled a couple of them down here. One we're actually staring at right now it brings back a few memories and that's uh, Vintner but not just well known for eating out here but also for shopping as well. Yes, Sheep Street is one of my favourite streets as well. Not only the Vintner, the Oppo and Lamb's Restaurant are all fabulous. And one day I was in the Vintner having lunch and who was across the restaurant from me but Dame Judy Dench, which was lovely to see. It's really nice that the actors can wander around the town quite freely. But we're very lucky, not only have we got these three restaurants, we've got many, many restaurants around the town. We've got pubs, all serving superb food and lots of coffee shops as well that are fun to have a cream tea or while away an hour or two with a cup of coffee. In Sheep Street and around the town you'll find a really nice range of independent shops and the sort of things that you wouldn't find in most towns and cities so the ideal place to get that special gift for yourself or someone else. Yeah that's one thing I've noticed wandering around is that it's so easy just to walk straight ahead and look straight ahead but one of the things about Stratford that you have to remember is look up and also look to the side because there's so many little alleyways and full of little gems of shops. Yes, it could be handbag shops, it could be an antique centre, but certainly they are tucked away very well. And these little alleyways that you mentioned at one time would have been sort of courtyards that would lead back to slums, the very sort of rough parts of the town. And where we're standing now in Sheep Street, nothing like that today, a very upmarket street. And the name of it is significant because it was where the sheep market was many years ago. We used to have a corn street and a swine street, and we still have a wood street where the timber was sold, and a rother street where they sold the rother cattle. Well, we're now standing in front of the Guild Chapel on Chapel Street and right opposite is, well, it's a beautiful garden. It's very pretty and uh, nicely landscaped as well. It's actually Nash's house and there's a big, big story behind this one. Yes, Nash's house is the second of the Shakespeare town houses and it was the home of a gentleman called Thomas Nash who was a lawyer and he married Shakespeare's granddaughter Elizabeth, the only child of Susanna. But this area that we're looking at, this garden, you have to use your imagination. Standing here was a very grand house and we think it was probably the second largest house in Stratford. It was called New Place and purchased by William Shakespeare when he was just 33 years old. After he had had his family, he left Stratford for a number of years, at least seven years. May have come back from time to time, we're not sure. But by the age of 33, he could buy this big house. And he lived here with his wife until he died on his 52nd birthday in 1616. When he died, he left, left most of his wealth to his eldest daughter, Susanna. And she moved in with her husband, the doctor, to look after her mother. And he left to his wife in the will the second best bed. Not something I'd advise a gentleman to do these days, but in those days it may not have been an insult because it was a marriage bed. So it could have been a, a romantic gesture and was probably quite valuable. 
But you're probably wondering why this is just a garden now and not the magnificent house. Well, sadly, many, many years later, it moved out of the Shakespeare family altogether and it was eventually purchased by Reverend Francis Gastrell. Unfortunately, he didn't like William Shakespeare. He didn't like the visitors that were coming here to see the house, peering through the hedges and the windows to get a glimpse of it. He objected to paying tax on the property and eventually he'd had enough. He had the house demolished. And sadly, that's why all we see today, the remains of the cellars and the foundations and nothing more. And it is worth saying that if perhaps you're not a William Shakespeare fan or a fan of history itself, one of the things is to pop in here because there is a beautiful garden for you just to sit and, uh, well, contemplate life, I suppose. Yes, it's just down Chapel Lane by the side of the grammar school and always open from dawn till dusk. There are a series of sculptures in there, beautiful topiary hedges and flowers and plants that are colourful all year round. Now, just a few steps, the other side of the Guild Chapel is the building where William Shakespeare went to school. You can't miss it because, number one, it's attached to the Guild Chapel and, secondly, it's an extremely old building. And today it is still in use. You'll notice it. So many little uh, school children running around and some of the older boys very smartly dressed. Yes, it's absolutely fabulous as a building. It dates back to the early 1400s and the top part of the building is where William Shakespeare was educated as far as we know. It's still called Big School and the boys typically went up to Big School when they were about seven years old. William Shakespeare would have been taught there Latin, Greek, the classics, learning by heart, translation and religion. Some people say he had to stand up all day to do his lessons. I'm not sure if that's true but the desks were very high and in the winter the schoolmaster was allowed to beat the boys just to warm himself up before he started teaching. It's no wonder that William Shakespeare wrote about his school days in the play As You Like It. He wrote the whining schoolboy with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail, unwillingly to school. What boy wants to go to school? What girl wants to go to school as well? (laughs) Now we've come into Holy Trinity Church, which is of course the final resting place of William Shakespeare. Along the way, we passed Hallscroft, as we mentioned earlier, uh, was the home of Shakespeare's eldest daughter. She was, of course, Susanna, and she lived there with her doctor husband. You can actually go in there and, and have a look around, and it has been said that it could well be haunted. Now, here, uh, not only is it Shakespeare's final resting place, but some of his family members are buried here too. Yes, William Shakespeare is buried inside the church and that's probably because they used to recycle. Every 20 to 30 years they would dig up the bones and eventually burn them. Um, William Shakespeare didn't want to be recycled and dug up so he wrote a few words known as the curse and those words are carved onto his grave to prevent anybody from digging him up. But he's buried here with some members of his family and the church itself is a beautiful parish church. It's quite a big church. It's the sort of place where anyone can come in, sit quietly for a few moments or come come and have a look at the Shakespeare connection. It's worth pausing for a moment when you come into the church and if you stand looking down the aisle, you'll notice quite clearly that it bends round to the left. Now that could be a design fault, but most people seem to think that it was deliberate and it represents Christ's head on the cross leaning to one side, known as a weeping chancel. Not unique, but quite unusual. Also in the church, do make sure you have a look at the records of William Shakespeare's baptism and his burial. There's an old font he was baptised in and a very nice James I chained Bible. 
Now, the River Avon is a central part to life here in Stratford. Uh, we're standing right now at the basin in the middle of Stratford town centre. So much activity going on, and uh, I think we're about to be dive-bombed by some ducks. It really is a lovely part of Stratford. It's the sort of place where you can come and sit and relax, just watch the world go by, bring a picnic perhaps and sit under a tree and just watch everything. Where we are at looking at the basin, there are boats moored up here. Some of them are visiting boats that pass through the town. Some of them are boats that actually are moored here permanently, like the floating restaurant and the art gallery. And on the river, it's a great thing to do to hire a, a rowing boat or a motorboat, as long as you don't fall in, um, or go on one of the organised river cruises that run every single day. It really is a beautiful way to see the town from the riverside. We mentioned the riverboat cruise because it starts right outside the Holiday Inn Gardens, but there are many ways of getting round Stratford to see all that it has to offer, and one of them includes the city sightseeing bus tour. Just across the road from where we are, by the Tourist Information Centre, the city sightseeing buses operate every single day and you can join the bus. It's a hop-on, hop-off service, so it goes around the town, past all of the Shakespeare houses and in particularly out to Anne Hathaway's cottage and Mary Arden's house. So it's a good way to get to the out-of-town houses. And of course there's the Stratford Town Walk, which you're a part of. Yes, in fact, we operate a daily guided walk every single day, even Christmas Day. You don't have to book, you can just literally turn up, not far from here actually, just on the corner of Sheep Street and Waterside. And it's a nice way to see the town on foot, looking up, looking down, looking around the town with a local guide who can tell you all about Stratford and Shakespeare. And at night time, oh, you turn into something completely different. Well, that's true. If you've got the guts for it, we have a ghost walk. Um, We have three guides who do the ghost walk. They are all dressed up in costume, telling spooky stories and giving a little bit of magic as well. So it's sort of a magical ghost walk. But it's a nice way to see the town, not concentrating so much on Shakespeare, but more the sort of darker side of Stratford's history, the ghosts, the witches, the murder and so on. And as well as William Shakespeare, Stratford is extremely famous for the Royal Shakespeare Company. I think one thing you've got to do in your life, if you're thinking about the ten top things to do before you die, very morbid that I know, but one of them is to come to Stratford and see a play at the Royal Shakespeare Theatre. It really is tremendous. And perhaps afterwards or before you might decide to pop into the Dirty Duck, the famous actor's pub, who knows who you might spot in there. A nice thing to do in the evening is to take a stroll around the town visiting some of the little pubs and hostelries. We've got some nice old pubs in Stratford. There's the Old Thatch Tavern, which is haunted. Uh, We've also got the Garrick, which has got a ghostly story or two. And the Dirty Duck, I've already mentioned, which is a good place to go and full of character. But some really nice little pubs around the town, hidden away. You've just got to walk around and find them. Before I let you go, let me just ask you one question. What's your favourite thing about Stratford? It's the atmosphere of Stratford. People come here from all over the world, all year round, to find out about Stratford and Shakespeare. It's just like being on holiday every single day. Cafe culture as well is superb and it's a really good base to come to if you want to explore the wider area. Warwick Castle is nearby, we've got Compton Verney for art lovers, we've got Blenheim Palace not too far away and the Cotswolds which you could spend days exploring. It really is a superb place. Well Helen thank you very much for showing me around and if anybody fancies taking a guided walk around Stratford then check out the website www.stratfordtownwalk.co.uk Now, one thing that's a must when you visit Stratford is to take a look in at the Falstaff experience. It's based on Sheep Street. 
Now, I'm with Janet, who's one of the owners here at the Falstaff Experience. Janet, tell us, what is this all about? Uh, basically, um, it's an exhibit based in a very historic building in Stratford-on-Avon, which dates back to 1196. Uh, there's been uh, a lot of history here from fire, war, civil war troops were billeted here, um, Shakespeare's walked up the uh, ancient cobblestones, um, and some say murders happened at this property as well, lots of history. But at the moment we have it as the Tudor world, where you can walk back in time 500 years, walk along a Tudor street, uh, maybe you bump into King Henry VIII, or end up in the Plague Cottage, who knows. I have to admit, as everybody can hear um, in the background, we're, we're actually standing, we've been wandering through the experience now. I, I, I'm a bit faint-hearted, I have to admit. I've already seen uh, an executioner with his face blackened out. I turned around one way and I saw a coffin. There are just so many bits and bobs here. You really want to take your time going round. Yes, there's uh, lots of things to see, lots of recreations, but also lots of very interesting facts about the the Tudors. Um, You could spend um, quite a while here if you want to, and some people do. And moving on then into the evening, we have the ghost tour. Now, this is where this place goes into something completely different. It's It's another world, isn't it? That's right. Well, if you think it's very atmospheric during the day, once the, uh, the evening comes and the lights go down, take one of our ghost tours, lantern lit in the dark. Um, only if you're brave enough, of course. And you've also had the TV series Most Haunted here. Yes, Most Haunted came to Stratford um, a couple of years ago, and uh, of course we are supposed to be the most haunted building in England, at least according to Terry Deary of the Horrible Histories fame. So uh, Derek Coran or the crew came along um, and, uh, well, they rather um, got more than they expected. What happened? Uh, well, Derek Coran, this very room we are standing in, uh, became possessed by one of our more malevolent spirits, John Davis. And does something really horrible happen? Is that, is that a normal type of thing to, to, to be going on? Uh, well, generally not, um, but uh, poor old Derek ended up on the floor here um, in a very distressed state, shall we say. Now, you're saying something like that because when we were wandering around, first of all, and you were showing me what was here, we stopped at one point and you turned around and said, oh, um, there's something changed here. There's a, there's a different smell than normal. There's been some kind of paranormal activity. Quite frankly, that freaked me out a little bit, but that's because, like I said at the beginning, I'm such a wuss. Can you explain that to me? Yes, well, I mean, we do have the, the ghost tours in the evening, which uh, I mentioned earlier, the lantern-lit ghost tours, which are just a bit of spooky fun. But when you have the, uh, the real investigations in the evening uh, with the vigils, we're bringing in mediums, um, that's when we really get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and sometimes paranormal experiences are not just um, full apparitions, which are fairly rare. They can be things like changes in smell, changes in atmosphere. Sometimes you'll stand in the dark and it will get darker. Sometimes you will hear noises. People will get um, tapped on the shoulder or their hair pulled. Various things. Well, I'm glad to say that standing here during this short conversation, nothing like that has happened to me. So I think I'm just going to head down and stick with the much safer Penny Arcade. Janet, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, I've lost count the number of times I've visited Stratford-upon-Avon, but each time I return, I see or learn something new. It really is a lovely little place and perfect for a more leisurely short break. And let me remind you that to receive up to 35% off your next weekend break at the Holiday Inn Stratford-upon-Avon or any of our other Holiday Inn hotels, please visit our website, ihg.com forward slash podcast. That's ihg.com forward slash podcast. 
I'm Susan Spence. Thank you for downloading the Holiday Inn Stratford-upon-Avon Destination Guide podcast and enjoy your stay.